Said the night went to the little lamb Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Way up in the sky, little lamb Do you see what I see? A song, a song High above the trees With the boys as big as the sea With the boys as big as the sea Merry Christmas, everyone. Flip upon a mime. Welcome to episode 59 of the Flipside Podcast. I am here with my man, Chase Stansel. What's up, Chase? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, bro. Merry Christmas. And what listeners hear in the background is nine Chase Stansels, a three-by-three grid of Chase's singing face on his Facebook page, singing, do you hear what I hear? Chase, how, how in the world did you pull off this musical it's awesome this i mean it's it's so cool how uh, what what made you do that and how'd you pull it off so i every every well i'll say every that's that that would be a stretch but i've done this for several years now i started back in 2015 um because i discovered the acapella app um which allows you to create acapella arrangements or you can people still use instrumentation or whatever but basically you can record over um uh, you know on kind of layer over on top of yourself or on top of whatever you know other video you want so i started doing them um just kind of recording them live that way back in 2015 i did like four or five christmas carols then um then it was like it's a fun way to do christmas carols now because it's the 21st century and we don't have to (laughs) go stand outside each other's houses anymore (laughs) so (laughs) Nice. Um, and so I started doing them. And then I did another group of like four in 2018. Then I did two last year. And this is the third one from this year. Uh, and um, and so now that I've actually started um, some kind of, it's, it's, I guess it's a little bit more complex now. I, you know, I do some recording in the studio and then yeah. I go through, mix it and all that stuff. And then, um, then record the video afterwards. And so it has a little bit more control, a bit better quality and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Nice. So that's, so yeah. So that's the third one from this year. And I really only put them on Facebook. I also put them on my YouTube channel, but it's really just for the fun of being able to Christmas Carol. It's really what it is. So it's, um, I really am only engaged on Facebook in terms of social media. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I basically treat it like me going around to my neighbors because they they're in my uh, nice. my uh, my internet in um, neighborhood. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's awesome. So, what is your favorite Christmas carol? Ooh, um, I think my favorite Christmas carol is "O Come Emmanuel." Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I love the the contrast musically and lyrically 
um, because so a little bit of music theory, like it's the whole thing is in minor, um, which is kind of this like dark, almost, you know, scary <laughs> um, scale, uh, you know, in chord progression or, um, uh, you know, uh, what's the key, whatever. My brain is not thinking, but uh, but the lyrics talking about the coming of um, Emmanuel, God with us. And so that contrast. Um, and then when you break into the rejoice, it switches into a major mode, which is like so many musical things. It's yes. like genius. It's one of my favorite. Well, it is my favorite. Yeah. You know, that's funny. Maybe it's a pastor thing, but I, that is what I was going to say is my favorite Christmas carol as well. And It's a brother me, thing. It's I, because we're brothers. <laughs> that's right. I, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's it's the official flip side sanction, you know, favorite Christmas carol. Um, there it is. But I, I like it because of the lyrics. I, I feel like it's a, a song we could sing year round. It's just a, it has absolutely like rich theology to it and, and just rich, worshipful uh, themes. And, and I listen to it. I have it on a worship playlist, you know, that I just listen to. Uh, I listen to year round. And so so that's cool. I got to give a, a shout out, though, that too. this year I've been listening to a lot of Pentatonics Christmas. And they are man. They kill it. The, they they oh are my uh, the most fun. I think Christmas music to listen to. Just the way they they do different songs and uh, it's it's pretty great. I feel sad for every everyone else who puts out Christmas albums now <laughs> because they get no play. Because <laughs> right, like Pentatonics has basically the, monopolized Christmas um, music and. <laughs> I shouldn't say it monopolized. I mean, there's still some great things, but honestly, like our family, like my kids, when we were decorating the house, they're like, can we turn on some pentatonics and decorate the house? Like <laughs> right. my my 15-year-old son said, like, now it feels like Christmas. Pentatonics yeah. <laughs> is playing. Like literally, these are his yes. words. <laughs> yeah, they're good, man. They're good. So they're good. it's become synonymous in our home with the feeling of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, think back uh, to your childhood. What was your favorite Christmas present or most memorable Christmas present that you, you ever received? Or adulthood? Um, your whole, your in, you know, your lifetime. Um, the most memorable one is when Noah got me a Tesla. No. <laughs> you must know a different Noah. <laughs> no. Um, I got you a uh, honestly, flip side. I got you a flip side mug. That's, you didn't give me a flip side that's mug. But that almost wasn't for say, Christmas. It's that almost as good. Christmas. No, but no, no, I could. I got it for you. You did. <laughs> uh, I think honestly, the most memorable one it was. Um, I I think I was sixteen. Um, I, I think it was sixteen. Um, my parents bought me a a, a keyboard, like a you know mm -hmm. electric piano. Um, I, we used to go to Sam's club like every weekend. That was like our family trip was Sam's club. Nice. Free samples. <laughs> and they, and they had this, um, uh, Casio, which, you know, for people who play like keyboard is kind of a lesser respected brand, but, um, on, it's on the lower end, um, uh, in terms of cost. 
but it just had so many different sounds that I could play. Like I basically learned how to work the keyboard at Sam's Club because every weekend we would go and I would be there and the keyboard playing while they shopped. And, oh, nice. <laughs> um, and I, uh, it was Casio 1630. That was the model number. And they asked us what we wanted for Christmas. And that's like, I only want that. Uh, it was like 300 something dollars. Um, and I was like, I only want that, you know, this keyboard. And they was like, are you sure you don't want anything else? Like, I don't want anything else. That's all I want. Like, it's really expensive. So I don't want anything else. Um, and, um, and then Christmas, like they, I came downstairs, um, and <laughs> just big old full size, you know, like 88 yeah, keys, keyboard, nice. like with a bow on it. Um, and, um, they also got a globe for me because I'm a bit of a nerd and like every year for like maybe 10 years, I always asked for a globe, but they actually weren't able to like get it or I couldn't find one or whatever. So they got me a globe that year too. But those are my only two gifts. And I played that keyboard all day long. <laughs> like Love it. it's where I learned how to record music and do different stuff like that. So it's the most memorable because um, it's really the first time in my life where it, you know, worse, where I was asked specifically, like, what do you want? And this is the only thing I want. And it's the only thing I got. And yeah. it was exactly what I wanted for Christmas. So it was perfect. That's yeah. Awesome. What about you? That's you awesome. ask it like, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my story is funny. Cause it's uh so there's the the reason it's so memorable in the, the context of my house uh my parents had this rule it was just a rule they were they were never gonna buy us uh video games so we had to we had to buy our own basically right so uh when i was really young we had an atari so an atari 2600 Ooh. Atari uh, I think the next one was like a 3800 or something like that that's and then my friends were all getting Nintendos the original Nintendo NES and man I wanted the Nintendo really bad and, and I was young like I didn't have a job or anything so and my parents they did not buy us one we never we never owned a Nintendo I ended up buying a Nintendo uh, t 10 years ago off eBay and bought all the games that I never played or not, I mean I played at my oh. friend I should say that the games I played at my friends' houses, I collected them all, and I, I have them now as an adult, and I, I play them from time to time. They're most fun to play with, with other people, um, but reliving yes. my childhood that uh, I lived at my friends' houses. So when uh, I was in third grade back in the day, I don't think you can do this anymore, but I had a paper out in third grade. Uh, my, my brother had a paper out. He was in fifth grade, and, and we would save our money up, and we saved up our paper out money. We bought ourselves a Super Nintendo, and, you know, as a kid, yes. and un, not like it's different than adulthood. It's like whatever you have is never enough, you know? So there's always – you're always – like we're always wanting more, like asking our mom and dad to buy us games, and they never would. They ne I mean, it was just this rule. They, they were not going to buy us video games, and so we would save up. Games back then, I mean, I don't play video games anymore. I'm, and I know now it's all online. I don't, I can't, I don't keep up with it. But it was like sixty dollars for a cartridge back then, and that this was like when I was in like third grade. You know, sixty dollars is a lot of it's money. Still that much? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when I saw games now, there, I'm like, 
Did inflation not hit video games? Aren't they still like sixty dollars for for a game? But I, it was a that was a lot of money back when I was in third grade. So anyway, this uh, uh, one Christmas, I opened up a gift, and no, like I'm in sixth grade, so I mean zero thought or expectation that I would get a video game. And for most kids, it's like, that's probably normal. Their parents buy them, you know, video games. And this was like a hard and fast rule. And I open up and and it was uh, Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo, which was a huge game, a huge game back then. Dude, I mean, the re it is so memorable to me because my parents completely broke their own rule right they and, and they got me this game that i really wanted and it was just to me it wasn't to me and my brothers it was just my gift and oh, so wow. yeah my whole lifetime of getting gifts i would say uh like christmas gifts that's probably the most uh the most memorable but just because it was such a weird uh i don't know the right. you know my parents they they just they broke their own rule and they didn't do that they didn't break <laughs> their own rules so well, Don- clearly Donkey they Kong were Country. showing you another side of themselves. I, like- one time, there's a, there's a first for everything. There's a first for everything. Yeah. So as a and they as, have this like secret secret life, like with <laughs> aliases where they're breaking rules all the time, <laughs> buying random strangers video games. Uh, like, <laughs> oh man, they just go by Mister and Mrs. As, as as a parent now, I I am in favor of limiting video games <laughs> of children and screen time in general. I swear, uh, I, I think my kids would just sit in front of a screen their entire life if uh, if I let them. They wouldn't yeah, eat I, it, or sleep or go to the bathroom. They would just they would just sit there watching a screen. In terms of how, like, honestly, uh, uh, I. I too want you know want to limit that. I um, mean, we do in our home both limit time and access to the World Wide Web. However, um, uh, it has there is not likely one more valuable um, uh, privilege in their life to be taken away yeah. <laughs> as a potential negative consequence. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, like, that's that's kind of like my first go-to. Oh, your room not clean? Okay, you ain't playing video games. No? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Oh, so you so you just not following directions today. Oh, okay, well, there's no video <laughs> games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, no, and no computer. There. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so true, so true. All right, here's a here's a deep one. Uh, this will get in the, the controversy of uh, the the controversy. The flip side is known for. Uh, do do you and your wife tell okay. your kid? And I know your kids are older now, and so you have young, younger kids and older kids. So share the age of your kids. And have you uh, have you ever have you done Santa Claus with your kids? Do you Ooh. have you told them? Uh, that's you know Santa's real and and all these things or or were you were you straight up with them from the from the beginning? Uh, so our kids' um, ages are fifteen, twelve, ten, and seven, and no, we've never done Santa Claus in our home. Um, and so it, I feel like sometimes that can come off as like especially for as pastors, it can come off as like super religious and like, Oh, you're not doing Santa Claus because it's Jesus's birthday. And that's not really it. 
Um, um, honestly, it. Uh, but there is like spiritual and faith implications. When we were when we were first um, parents, or you know, the early years of parenting, we just recognized that like in a child, for a child, faith is pretty fragile. Uh, and what and for them to trust us um, as parents to reveal a world to them that is real, um, we wanted to not um, muddy the water at all. Um, to just be honest, we didn't want to muddy the water. And as young parents, we couldn't figure out how to allow our children to potentially enjoy the fantasy of Santa Claus as in being caught up in the real, like thinking that Santa is real and believing that Jesus is real. Right. <laughs> we just couldn't figure that out. Um, so like we've like we joke around about Santa, right? Like it's not like, you know, you can't say Santa in this house. Like, you know, we'll we'll joke around. But our kids have known um that we are the ones who give them gifts. And we've then began to see some real value and celebrating how we get to give each other gifts and that kind of thing. It's like, it's a way in which we show our love for one another to, to exchange gifts and to, um, and to, and to, to, you know, and to love each other practically that way. So it, so we're like, we've not been like super religious, like, you know, in that regard, but we have been super practical. And I think that it is paid off because our kids really do enjoy giving gifts as well as receiving them. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I think I've done a Noah's rant before on Santa. I don't remember if I have because I've done so many Noah's rants at this point. So I'm going to do a mini. I might end up doing a mini Noah's rant right here about okay. Santa. Do I uh, get to be a part? Well, it's just like, a mini. It's it not be... the real thing. It's not. It's kind of like Santa. It's kind of like Santa. Uh, you need Chase, to give me my own Ch rant one Ch day. Chase, I'm going to take my own it, rant. <laughs> this is like the Santa version because... It's not the real Noah's rant. This is just uh -huh, a fake. This uh -huh. is a fake. This okay. is like the guy at the this mall. This is Noah, Noah's, Noah's rant light. <laughs> this is like, this is the guy at the mall wearing the, you know, wearing the fake beard. So, yep. all right. So in my house, in my house, and if listeners haven't known yet, uh, most of my Noah's rant are just self-therapy for me, like, you know, needing to vent <laughs> about something in my marriage that my wife and I disagree on or something. So uh, my wife, who is wonderful... She has told our children from the get-go that there is a Santa Claus. And right. I, being the Enneagram 8 that I am, have told my children there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> I've told them from the very beginning. Uh, and I, I yeah, yeah. And so I say all this tug-in-cheek. This is all lighthearted. Okay, this is all lighthearted. But I think it's really weird that parents just lie to their children. Just lie. Yeah, there's this dude in a red suit, and he's fat, and he comes down the chimney, and he gives you gifts, and he, you give him cookies. And and for, for one, kids believe this stuff. Like, that's the thing. That's what, what you were saying yeah. about mixing in truth with Jesus and stuff. You're like, it's crazy what kids will believe. Like, kids will believe this ridiculous notion that... Santa, yeah, in one night he flies around the world and all these gifts and being naughty and nice. And it's and, and the other thing is like my wife and I spend a lot of money on our kids for Christmas, mostly my wife. If it was me, I'd probably spend a lot less. But this is our money. Like they're gifts from us. I want credit for these gifts. Yeah. And they're like like Santa Santa gave me this. I'm like, "No, he didn't." 
me and mom gave you that. That's from us. Like, we gave you that gift. Don't this fake made up dude who doesn't even exist is getting yep. credit for all the gifts that I got my kids and paid for. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, dude, my kids are like, yes. ten, they're 10, 8, and 4. I have three girls, 10, 8, and 4. And li literally every year, I'm like, Santa's not real. And all three of my kids, it's this thing. Yes, he is. Like they yell at me. It's like this this thing in our house that he's real, wow. and they'll sing the. Well, that's um, kind of fun, though. It is fun. Uh, what's the song? They they like Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. That's a favorite in our house, and oh, it says goodness. um something. What does this song go? Uh, as Grandma got go, run over by a reindeer, coming home from our house Christmas Eve. You may think there's no such thing That's, as Santa. And they always go, as for me and Grandpa, we believe. They go, you might think there's no such thing as Santa. And they go, like Daddy. And that is very true. So seriously, now listen. So this year, for whatever reason, my wife decides to tell my 10-year-old to break. And I think it's because, because she's 10. Like, she's in fourth grade. Kids are kind of old enough. They know, oh. are starting to realize, like, this isn't real. And she doesn't want her to get made fun of at school okay like and she's really believes this stuff and so i want to be sensitive because this is my daughter's real life and uh she's not young she's 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 young enough that she will not care what i say on a podcast uh at this at this right. phase of her life she's, um, not, she's not listening she's, she's not listening and nor will she go back into the archives you know six years from now when she's 16 or something That's great but like for legit, she was really sad when my wife told her. And first of all, I'm like, I've been telling you this your whole life, and you never believed me. But now, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so anyway, that, that she's gonna come. She's gonna come to you in two years and sit you down like that. I want to thank you for wanting to tell me the truth <laughs> for all me those years, truth. and tell I didn't believe truth. you, uh, but, and I believe you now. <laughs> but legit, like I, and and I'll spin this to something that is like back to what you're saying, something that that's on the more spiritual. Uh, the spiritual side of things with kids and their faith, and I and I don't care. I don't care what listeners do. I don't have a, no. I have no axe to grind against Santa. I I do think it's a weird, strange cultural uh, concept where we do lie to our children. Uh, but um, you know, it, it did strike me how naive my kids really are. You know, they they really believe that Santa's real, and we do the little elf on the shelf thing where. It moves at night and and up and and they they all believe this is like magic and the elf is moving and <laughs> it's like are my don't my kids think? like aren't they but you go that's how a kid's mind is right and oh, so yeah. I uh, I thought about this a friend of mine um, recently a guy you know a friend my age with kids around my age he he was excited that um, his kids. Two of his kids, they they prayed the prayer to believe in Jesus, to you know give nice. to like ask Jesus into their heart, sort of thing. It is nice, but this is what it made me think. I thought, and this is what I was brought up in, was like salvation for children and salvation for adults too. It's like we want you to believe in Jesus. That's what we kind of tell our kids to be saved. You believe yeah. in Jesus. Believe what? Well, believe that He died on the cross for your sins. You know, and 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 ask ask Him to forgive your sins. You're forgiven. And and we would like. I was four years old when I when I like prayed the prayer, you know. I was eight years old when I got baptized, and I thought about my friend's kids, and I thought about my kids, and I thought, legit, I could tell my kids absolutely anything I wanted about Jesus, and they would believe it. They they would absolutely believe it because they believe in Santa Claus, they believe in the Tooth Fairy, 
They believe Elf, Elf on the Shelf moves around at night, and all that stuff is is absolutely ridiculous. And what it, what it got me thinking about was was they're not mutually exclusive things. So these aren't two different things. But I want to teach my kids to love Jesus. I want to teach them to experience right. Jesus's love for them. Because as you get right. older, as you get older, and I. I've struggled through my own like deconstruction of faith and doubts about faith, and I've seen many friends, friends from my church uh, that I pastor, uh, friends from college, you know, Christian college, went to college, who later leave their faith. They leave their faith because they had a belief in Jesus as a child that was like a Santa Claus type of belief, and then this this archaeological fact came whizzing their way, or or they they read yeah. they read something about <clears throat> something. And, and and their faith got debunked and and they yeah. they, they left their faith and and um, I think that's really easy to do when our we we just teach we just teach our children to to just believe in Jesus when they'll kind of believe right. anything at that phase right. and so I don't know it's just something I've been thinking about I'm thinking I'm gonna when I have time which is never I'm gonna write a blog post about um, teaching our children to love Jesus and to yeah. be loved by Jesus. What does it mean to experience his love? Because I've experienced his love, and that's why I didn't leave my faith when right. I read some stuff, archaeological archaeological stuff, and heard stuff, frankly, in seminary that really messed with some of my paradigms. And I, and yeah. I, I went down some of those rabbit holes, and the reason I didn't leave my faith is because I, I know Jesus, I've met him, I've experienced his love. And so anyway, I know yeah, that's, that is there is a big difference. Yeah, that is a big difference. Yeah. And that matters. That matters a whole lot. I'm glad you said that. That's really good. That's good podcast content. I, 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 See, I, it is. I, uh, but yeah, so, so the Santa thing, honestly, just led into that. In fact, and I have, I've mixed, I'm a little congested. Sorry. I have mixed feelings. Um, Whatever you're crying. I am. I am crying. Oh, I'm also, I need to say, uh, props to, I'm drinking, uh, not Angry Brew this morning, but Chris's Blend from Five Lakes. So Five Lakes is the coffee company that that makes Angry Brew. And so uh -huh. we are sponsored by Angry Brew, but but uh, technically sponsored by Five Lakes. And so uh, Chris's Blend is their medium roast. And a dollar of every bag goes to uh, an orphanage in Honduras, which is very cool. And so uh, listeners know that they can go to fivelakes.com and pick up a bag of Chris's Blend or Angry Brew using promo code Is FLIP. Don't forget the promo code FLIP for 10% off. 10% off. So, Is that like Chris Kringle? Like, who's no, Chris? Chris is, uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Chris is a is a. It's actually a sad story. So, uh, it, but she's a, a a woman whose face is on the cover sure. of the of the. Um, I think short for Christine. Um, and she sure. is the. She passed away of cancer. Um, she was the wife of. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. So a friend of mine and his brother own the company. Own the own the coffee company. And. I she's one of their relatives. I want to say a, sis okay, a okay. sister in law. I believe a sister in law okay. of, of the owners. Uh, she passed okay. away from cancer, and she was heavily involved uh, in this orphanage. It's a Christian ministry in Honduras, and Got she you. took trips there and was a, a big advocate of them. And so, in memory of her, uh, they 
uh, they, 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 they give money to this orphanage whenever a bag is sold. So good question. Good question. That's yeah. great. That's really great. Yeah. I like that. I appreciate the backstory. On yeah. That yeah. Too. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, oh, I was just saying I'm, I'm, that's, I'm drinking the coffee is, is helping me not uh, to, to clear, clear out my system here. My, 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 so I can talk. Um, what I was going to, oh yeah. With, uh, just asking about Santa Claus and stuff. I was going to say this, I heard a funny quote from John Piper. Um, and I've kind of mixed feelings on Piper as a whole, but this was kind of funny. Uh, he, he was being interviewed on a radio show, like just some actual, you know, not a, I don't think it was a Christian radio show. It was just a radio show. And they asked him what he said about what he, his thoughts were on Santa Claus. And he said, he preferred Jesus to Santa Claus because, um, Santa, because Santa is a legalist and Jesus gives you grace. And so yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny because yes, uh, yes. Santa says, if you're, if you're nice, if you're nice, I'll give you presents, uh, which oh is, my but, but if you're naughty, no presents for you. And, uh, and Jesus says, you, you get salvation, you know, even though you're naughty, you get, so. some, pre- you get some presents regardless. Like, regardless. I thought that <laughs> with was a funny. C with a C and an E. Get it? Some presents. Oh, oh I like that. I like that. See you do. You see I like what that. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listeners are wondering, what's he talking about? So, so let, let me explain this. Presents, T-S, presents, C-E at the end. God's presents. There we go. Very good. Very good. We're working it now. All That's right. That's great. So my, uh, my, my last, maybe last, I don't know, a question I wanted us to talk about content-wise as far as, Hey, it's a Christmas special, uh, but what do you right. what do you like to uh, you know? And, and the thing is, when you've been pastoring a while too, for me, Christmas comes every year, right? It's like okay, here it comes, here comes December again, and maybe you do Advent, maybe you don't. But there's this feeling from how do how do you approach December when it comes as a pastor? Um, do you mm. do you like do you like kind of preaching on the same message every single year? Because it's it's that sort of reminder, it's sort of a tradition, or do you or do you kind of feel like ah that gets kind of dry and stale, and people kind of maybe numb out to it? So I wanna I wanna be a little more provocative. I wanna freshen things up. How do you generally approach December when it comes to preaching? And what did you do? What did you do this last December? Uh, what what message did you give your church when it comes to th- this season? So this is actually a, a really like a there's a it's a really good question. I did not grow up in a like Christian, excuse me, Christian tradition where we talked about like Advent and even like saying Christmas carols during the worship gathering. That was not a thing for us growing up. So it honestly is, it's still, to be honest, it's still very awkward for me (laughs) to like sing joy to the world uh, during a worship service. It's very, very awkward for me. Um, but I, uh, but I, but that's a part of countless humans traditions. Uh, and so as a multi-ethnic church, it kind of, we, you know, we've, we've intentionally blended traditions and blended, um, ways of doing things. So we won't like sing all Christmas music all, you know, throughout December, you know, or even, uh, you know, even, even up that last week before Christmas, we'll still kind of mix in some other things, but um i because i didn't grow up with a kind of a focus on advent i didn't understand advent until i was in my late 20s 
I, but I have begun to really appreciate one, what it does in terms of, uh, in terms of reminding us of what um, Israel uh, was waiting for, was anticipating in terms of Messiah's uh, initial coming and, and the, and the realization of that anticipation from a theological standpoint uh, that is great, but also what it does for reminding us of we are in a waiting period as well and anticipating Christ's return. And so so every year at this time, I yes, we do focus on the first coming, the anticipation of the first coming of Christ, but we also blend every sermon is this blend of remembering the first coming and reminding us of our anticipation of the second coming and, and, and really us placing ourselves in the mental and emotional space of those waiting on Messiah initially. And what that, um, and I intentionally am blending your use of the word Messiah and Christ as well, because that honestly is a piece of that puzzle. We're more, as Christians used to calling Christ, Christ, we're used to calling Jesus Christ, right? Um, but at that time, they were anticipating Messiah, with the Hebrew for anointed one, right? Chosen one. So same, same meaning, but these two titles, they become really blended at this time of the year for me. And I love that. So um, I do not like preaching the same sermon ever. Ever, I never yeah, like preaching I'm the same you. sermon. I I don't even memorize my sermons because of that. I because I I feel like I will need to say the same thing, and I trip over my words. So, um, uh, so ultimately, as a bit more of an improvisational person in general, um, I do preach on the same themes. And so, and during Advent, we take like the traditional Advent kind of candle meanings or for some people like the um, wreath they like use like bulbs or whatever and um and so um weekly you know we'll preach on on hope and joy and peace and love and christ and that kind of thing um but um there's always a different uh take spin um and not from a controversial standpoint but just from a from a, a relevant standpoint um and like uh, last year, the Hope Week, mm-hmm. um, I preached um, on hope and hope being here. But uh, but that week the, uh, leading up to that Sunday, there was this like headline, "Hope is here," but it was talking about the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and it, so it, be, it became a great moment to kind of uh, reaffirm our hope in Christ. Uh, whereas there's a world around us that would that would invite us to place our hope in other things. And so really it's that kind of stuff. It's to again remind us that all of this anticipation that they were initially um, experiencing was the anticipation of Messiah coming. And so they were tempted by a world to get them to place their hope in joy and peace and other things too. And so are we. We're not any different. Um, our hope our love, our peace, our joy is centered on the person of Christ. And that's really becomes the, those sermons um, for me. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I, I, there's some similarity in uh, what you said about, 
you know the weird the weirdness for me of singing joy to the world in a, in a worship service i know uh so thinking of when i'm pastoring in lansing for those 13 years and and this will be us again next year next december with mosaic here in grand rapids but i always uh i think what always gets me is with those types of songs is um are people really worshiping, you know, when they're singing those Christmas carols? Or are they just singing them because it's Christmas? It's like a religious ritual almost, you know, like, hey, it just feels weird. Some of those songs, some of them, like O Come Emmanuel, for example, is a is a rich song, you know, theologically and and thematically. And, and but I don't know, and, and a lot of those songs, if you really pay attention to the lyrics, there, there's good stuff in there. But if... I just some of them feel so worn out in the sense that if we're singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing or even Oh Come All You Faithful, it just goes even though those are if you read the words, they're they're good words, but do do we really mean the words while we're singing them? And I and and I hope yes. It just if it does feel weird to me to sing them in worship. But what happened to us is we wouldn't really do a lot of Christmas carols in our church and people in our church wanted them. They were they were kind of, uh, you know, giving feedback of saying, hey, we, we want these songs. And so I, th- I think for some people, it, it does help. It does help them uh, kind of stay rooted. I, I, I will say when it comes to Advent, I didn't grow up in Advent either. And so it doesn't come naturally for me to do Advent. But one of the things I like about Advent is I feel like every year we have Thanksgiving which is this day supposedly to be grateful and thankful. And then the very next day is Black Friday, which is this day to buy and buy and be a consumer. And from from then on, the whole month of December, the TV commercials are just outrageous. They're, every commercial is about how you don't have enough and you need more. It's like the total opposite of Thanksgiving. And it's, it's about, you know, you like the car commercials with the big bow on top. Think about that for a second. Nobody's really buying cars for, for other people as gifts. They're, people buy cars for themselves. And so it's just like this season of buying. It's a season of buying stuff for yourself. And even like cell phones. Oh my goodness. Like the cell phone commercials during Christmas are, it's, it's, it's this message of what you have isn't enough. And if you buy this, you're, you'll be satisfied. You, you'll finally you'll finally have arrived and you know for kids it's toy after toy after toy kind of the same message so I I've come to appreciate anything culturally we can do to sort of go against the flow of that materialism and consumerism and I think advent is one of those things that helps do that it's this thing that's you light this candle you you read this reflection you you you're, you're resisting against um yeah, you're resisting against that flow. Uh, and, and and lastly, I would say, as far as messages go, um, I I tend to avoid baby Jesus Christmas messages. I I, I think, in, in a certain respect, all of the Hallmark baby Jesus stuff, the precious moments baby Jesus stuff, the nativity scenes to a degree baby Jesus stuff, it, it puts us in control of little innocent baby Je- baby Jesus. Like, yeah, little baby Jesus, he's so cute. Oh, look, you know, and and even the pageantry. There's just there's so much pageantry around it. And 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 that's fine. But if that pageantry 
if in that pageantry we forget that that baby grew up to be an adult who who brought a kingdom and and he brought a kingdom that is very countercultural <clears throat> to this kingdom and so I, that could just be my eight personality uh coming out and, and wanting wanting to give like uh I want to give a, a prophetic message of, of like yo Jesus is not a little baby to have a pageant around he is a king with an upside down kingdom and he says the last will be first and the first will be last that's my Christmas message uh so, yes! <laughs> um I just I don't want us to forget Jesus I think we can forget Jesus in Christmas because we're so busy remembering baby Jesus in the manger and the pageantry that we forget this 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 revolutionary countercultural Jesus who brought a new a new kingdom that it, and all of the advent you know hope and peace and joy they're all they're all there in in the in King Jesus uh, so I, I like to tie all that stuff together it's it's not that I. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I just want to wrap it all you up into one. You are throwing the baby out. Ha! You're throwing the, the baby. You're literally throwing the baby out. No, no I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but don't, do you see that? I think I think sometimes we 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 miss the. I don't know. We, I mean, there's a reason that that Jesus's message when when he taught his message, all these crowds were like, "Yo, this dude is this dude is it." Let's, he, he had all the masses and then he starts teaching about the kingdom and they go, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want and they left, they left him. So I would say that while I, I agree with you in terms of how we can over, you know, fairy tale and make, uh, make Christmas a bit of a fantasy um i do think though that, that there is a balance in like we can drive hard for the kingdom drive hard for the person of christ in terms of the mission of christ and the role as christ as king and even the role of christ as advocate and warrior right like there are some parts of, of christ that is that um but i also think christmas presents us with an opportunity to also rest from that pushing. Um, and I think that is what, I think if we lean into resting, not over like, again, fairy telling it, but it's a unique season to, um, to pull back from the pushing because Christ is King, Christ is warrior, Christ is Lord, but Christ also is rest, right? Christ also has positioned us to be in a space where we can rest in him. And so I think that Christmas becomes one of those moments where it's not about being, um, um, it's not it's not about uh, not not about being the caricature of what we want Christ to be, but it's also not about being the world changer for a moment. It's also about being able to embrace even some of the good that is still steeped in what Creator God declared was good right, right. And so i think so i do think that like they're they're like that balance at least for myself i've found that that's kind of where i land during this time during like during advent is i'm not pushing for transformation of the world i'm pushing for excuse me i'm allowing myself to settle into the rest that is the good that god already has done and is doing um and so I, you know, so so I hear what you're saying, but I feel like I've 
I've kind of settled that for myself in that space. Um, but I'm not an eight. So you're That's like, right. y'all, y'all, y'all always pushing. We're always like, fighting. Well, there's man. an envelope I can blow up. If we're if <laughs> if we're not fighting, we're we're bored. We're like, what is there? There's if no, you're bored. There's like, no fight what, right what now. What are you gonna do no with fight. your life? What is, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I and I will but say, wait, 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 wait. Though with the with the Christmas carols, though, real one thing, I have had that same issue. Like, are you like really worshiping? Like, is that a real thing? Because also, like, as a worship leader. Like it's just, uh, it just, it's like, I don't know what's happening now. Like, are yeah. you thinking about the mall or are you thinking about Jesus? What I hear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But I have had conversation with a number of people about it and there, and, um, and for many people specifically singing Christmas hymns, not just like, you know, like, you know, the, just your random Christmas song, but specifically singing Christmas hymns brings them into a space of remembering. Yeah. So for those people who are not like as cerebral as you and I can be as it relates to theology, but land a little bit more on that emotional side of who they are, um, they, those Christmas hymns become the thing that draws them into remembering probably more so than any really good Advent sermon. Yeah. Now that's a good point. And shout out on Christmas hymns to all the other verses. So uh, if if you do Christmas yes. hymns, Joy to the World verses two, three, and four—they're the verses we don't we've never heard before. You know, haven't heard very often. And those, uh, you know, that's what I like to. I just like to mess with people's brains because if you if you just sing the first verse of Joy to the World, it's just kind of like Joy to the World. Oh yeah, it's Christmas in America and blah blah blah. Whatever. Let's get through this so we can go eat some ham. And open up some presents, and then you 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 go to you go to verses two, three, and four, and I don't remember them offhand. Maybe I'll look them up real quick. But they're deep, man. Like they're you, and you read them, and you go, "I've never even heard this before." And you're getting a sermon in a song, and I like that because it makes you think. It makes yes. you stop and go, "Yes, like yo, this is this is this is you know theology and worship and the gospel." And they they really bring out. Um, they're really gospel songs, is what they are. Yeah, yes, so, they are right. So, uh, yeah. Like the, the the second verse is like "Joy to the world, the Savior reigns." Yeah. Um. Um. The last verse, like He rules the world with truth and love. Like they're they're pretty. Like you're right. Like, but that's that that it, that is a benefit. Like that right there is like okay, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, you know. We doing a special on this, just you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Well, you can keep that <laughs> for Saturday, okay? Yeah, you can keep right. that for Saturday and for Monday, yeah. but Sunday. <laughs> and don't you sing "Mary Did You Know"? Because she knew. <laughs> she knew <laughs> that song. I, I sing that song at my house all the time. I'm like, Mary, did you know? That your baby boy would someday rule the nations. My kids. We, we <laughs> were. Song. I was joking my around song. the dinner table, being like, "Yes," like, a couple days ago, talking about that. Like, if if she actually like had to answer the questions, like, 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 yes, I knew. My wife. Yes, I was. I was there. I, I was there. The angel told me on Facebook. My wife found uh, someone who wrote their own lyrics to that, and it was like, it was the whole. They took the song and they wrote their own lyrics, and it was like, "Yes, Mary knew." It was the song, yes. and it was about Luke, you know, in the book. And I was like, "Yes, she knew." 
Yeah. Now, that walking on water thing, now, that kind of tripped me out. But the Lord of Nations thing, I knew about that. (laughs) Oh, dude. That's so funny. Yeah, man. Dude, so my... My listeners, I'm not doing a Noah's rant today. I, I I think I think I gave I gave enough Noah's rant. You did. I gave enough in the fake rant. Uh, it was enough to hold him over, kind of like Santa Claus. It wasn't mm-hmm. the real thing, but it was enough to hold you over. It was enough. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I even as an eight, I can only I can only rant so much, and I I think I'm gonna right. ranted. I already ranted on Chris, singing Christmas carols in church, so I were good there. I ranted on baby Jesus already. <laughs> You threw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> and uh, and I ranted on Santa Claus. So I I there think we're covered. We're covered for today. So any last Christmas thoughts for Muse Chase? Um, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus's kingdom <laughs> come to transform the world to be a revolutionary is the reason for the season. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh man, no, I got, no, no, no additional Christmas thoughts. All right, man. I, I got, I got. We, we're going out with "Do You Hear What I Hear," but again, by Chase Stansel. So, by the way, a great song, a great, a great song, of Christmas yeah, so, songs. So this one is unique. I will say this as as you're about to like, you know, play it. Yeah, we're going um, right now. Um, I don't typically do the whole song. I only do just a portion of it because I only want the videos to be like a minute. (laughs) Um, um, But this is one of those songs where like it's a story. You can't not sing the whole song. So it was really cool to blend the verses. Um, And so whereas you would typically in in the traditional arrangements, you would have an echo. The echo is actually the lyrics of the next verse, which I was like, oh, that's so I enjoy doing that. That was really fun. That's awesome. Yes. Thanks for playing it. Thanks for enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, this wraps up episode 59 of the Flipside podcast. Hope you enjoyed our Christmas special. Subscribe if you haven't already, and you have a couple days left to leave a review on iTunes. We will do a drawing to get free Flipside swag for uh, anyone who leaves a review by Christmas Day will be uh, in a drawing to win Flipside swag. And on the show notes, uh, there's instructions on how to leave a review. That is your present flipopotami to me so if you want to give me a present i already have donkey kong country on super nintendo what i would really like is a review from you on itunes and it helps people find the podcast and uh it helps as they read your review to consider listening so with that merry christmas remember jesus is the messiah he loves you And we love you. We'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas.